After a few weeks of hiatus, I've been traveling, got a whole upper respiratory infection in my lungs, but we're here. It's been a lot, I'm alive. You're on the other side. We're on the other side. Um, Want to remind you guys, if you don't know already, that this month, as part of Maven House, we've got a lot of amazing things going on. So if you haven't checked it out on our platform at Become becomeamaven.com. You definitely got to check that out. We've got new courses in English and in Spanish. We've got an emotional boot camp, emotional health boot camp going on, really which somebody, I, I'm super excited about it. It starts tonight, actually. And somebody asked me, why is it called a boot camp? They're like, what are you going to do to us? <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's, a, it's called a boot camp because we are trying to cover a wide variety of questions on emotional health, ba boundaries, balance, um, just things like that as part of a group mentorship. So in four weeks, we're fitting in a bunch of the stuff that it's taken me a few years to learn, but I'm super excited to get on that. And we are continuously having those. So here's Ashley. If you guys don't know, Ashley, she doesn't Hi, make everyone. her way in front of the camera that often, but Ashley is our administrator at Maven House. She puts up all our courses, helps us with our website, and answers all you guys' questions on where to find stuff because I never actually know um, <laughs> anything about technology, but Ashley's the one that helps you out with that. And so all of that is going on this month at Maven House, um, on Maven House at becomeamaven.com. And I love to always just share the fact that it is literally less than getting Starbucks. Yep. And it's it only once a month. And I know you guys get Starbucks more than once a month. But, Almost every day. Uh, for <laughs> less than what you get, one order of Starbucks, you have all this new material, all these new courses, all these new things going on at Maven House all the time. And the purpose and the vision behind that I just want to continue sharing is that God's design for your life is that you have a relationship with him beyond the four walls of the church. Mm -hmm. Yet one of the biggest things I get as a youth pastor, one of the biggest um, things people tell me is I don't know how to start my relationship with God mm -hmm. once I get home. Like obviously when you're at church, it's easy because you go, you raise your hands, you worship, you do whatever the pastor tells you to do. And then the pastor literally gives you information. But how do you translate that to what goes on at your house? And that's what Maven House is there to answer. We've got uh, free resources that you can use. We've got a uh, Bible study on joy, Bible study on the love of God, Bible study on the book of John. We've got all these new things, courses that you can constantly be taking and updating just to grow in your relationship with God. Um, and what I love about it most is we have community too. We have places where you can go and uh, just, you know, type out what, what do you think is going on with this or what do you say about this? And you'll have other members of the community and myself answer you, get back to you and, so it's really, really cool. If you have not checked it out, that has been my baby, my dream project this year um, to create a bunch of mavens. The word maven literally means an informal expert. And my heart behind it is just you don't need to be a formal expert. You don't have to have a theology degree or you don't have to, you know, know so many things formally to just have a real and genuine ongoing relationship with Christ. So all of that to get into our episode today. Check it out when you guys get the opportunity. But today, my lovely Ashley is going to be asking me some of our most frequent questions. And I haven't had a chance to like prepare or anything. So this is on the fly. Very honest, raw. Jesus style. Very this is how excited. Jesus taught. Jesus taught a lot by people just asking him questions. 
Not that I am in any way going to measure up to <laughs> Jesus, but I hope that my reading about Jesus and getting to know Jesus personally has Amen. prepared me for this moment. All righty, let's start. These are really interesting questions. Um, I was reading over these, and honestly, I'm curious because I don't even know the answer, and I think we spent a, a lot of time, amount of time together. together so um, I'm really excited to see your answers. So the first one is, what is one piece of advice you wish you would have listened to when you were younger? Okay, so there's so much advice I wish I would have listened to when I was younger. I think that's what, I mean, I think anybody would say that. But I think for me, the biggest thing, I don't even know if this is a good answer to this question, but the biggest advice I wish I would have listened to is listen to advice. Mm -hmm. Because there were so many instances where somebody was telling me something and my first assumption was they don't know what I'm going through. Yeah. They don't really understand. They're not going through it because they're a little bit older. And now, you know, being in my 30s and looking back at my 20s and looking back sometimes at some of the things you tell me or some of the girls, the other girls tell me, I'm like, I do remember. You know, I think in my 20s, I kind of like assume like, oh, they don't remember. They don't know how this feels. Uh, they don't know what I'm going through. And now in my 30s, I'm like, I do remember. And I see things so much clearer now that I'm not in the thick of it emotionally and I think that's why I like to teach so much about emotional health because when you're in the thick of things emotionally things just aren't always as they appear you know how it says in your car it's like objects are closer than they actual actually appear so many things in your 20s and as you're developing as as you're developing your adulthood and as you're developing your leadership are that way that they are not, you are seeing them in a certain color, but you're seeing them through the lens of a lot of different things that are coming out up in your life, you know, and, and that you're developing. So my biggest advice would be just listen to advice. Find people who care about you and listen to advice from people with fruit. You know, don't take advice from your cousin who has the worst marriage, you know, that one marriage that you're like, I would never want to end up like that. Sometimes for whatever reason, out of peer pressure or out of something else, that's the advice you take yeah. or that's the person you listen to. Maybe just because you don't want to confront the situation. So find people with fruit and really take their word for it because a lot of times they're saving you work and heartache. No, yeah, that's that's good. Um, the next question is an interesting question. I feel like we ask this a lot in church. Well, we talk about it a lot in church. I don't think we discuss uh, basically the concept of it, but it's how do I walk in purity? How do you walk in purity? I mean, it's such a loaded question, I think, because there's so many aspects to it. You know, I think the first thing I would say is try not to focus so much on walking in purity and focus on what you're walking towards. I think if we're constantly walking towards a healthy relationship with God and we're chasing after that, a lot of the things that sometimes we're looking to not do, they fade away on their own. You know, if your focus is prayer, if your focus is getting closer to God, if you are reading the word, if you are growing um, in your walk with Christ, purity is a it, purity is going to come out of that if that if that makes sense and i think sometimes we see purity as the goal and so like we sit there and we just focus ourselves on like do not have sex you know do, like yeah. in mean girls you know don't have sex in the missionary <laughs> position don't have sex standing up and somebody right now just unfollowed me but anyway um but that's from mean girls i didn't make that up um but you know sometimes we focus so much on like okay i'm not going to do this thing 
where what we need to do is focus on our goal to get closer to Christ. Because as we get closer to Christ, purity follows. As we get closer to Christ, love follows. As we get closer to Christ, wisdom follows. So my biggest advice in walking in purity is seek the Lord. You know, the, the word of God says, seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness and everything else will be added on. All of those things that I mentioned are things that get added on when you're seeking God. So instead of sitting there and kind of in isolation in a bubble, just saying like, okay, how can I make it to marriage without having sex? Or how can I make it through the next week without having sex? You know, whatever your, your uh, goal is, instead of thinking of it like that in isolation, ask yourself, how can I get closer to God today? Because as I get closer to God, other things are going to be added on. And because the answer to that question is really so layered. You know, we have to have purity in our thoughts. We have to have purity in our actions. We have to have purity in our emotions. We have to have, you know, it's about purity and what we're seeing, what we're ingesting from the internet, what we're speaking when we're speaking to our friends, what we're texting on our phones. So if you expect anybody to give you one answer for that, you're going to be lost. And I think that I'll just take this opportunity to slip in that is one of the issues that I think we have in our generation. We want somebody to just tell us what to do and how to do it. And relationship with God is not like that. You know, because that, that's literally like saying, how do I have a good marriage? Okay, I can give you some pointers. I can give you some tips. But I can't teach you how to not fight with your spouse. You know, I can't teach you how to, or how do I have a good relationship with my mom? We all know that that's different for every single person. Because every single person is going through something different. Now, what you can do is be like, have open communication with your mom. Speak to her about what she likes. Get to know her. Don't piss her off. You know, like those yeah. are things that you start doing those things and all the little things are going to fall in line. Um, so that that's what would I, I would say as that's, a general a answer, answer for that question. I, so <laughs> actually, as she's like, they literally have me here to say that's a good answer. <laughs> I'm like, um, Alrighty, so how has everything you have gone through affected the way you see God? I love that question. Um, I think that the longer I have a relationship with God and the more I get to know him, the more I realize that a relationship with God is not about keeping you in line or keeping mm. you perfect. You know, I think that when we first come to God, especially me, you know, I'm a very high achiever, overachiever, type A, three on the Enneagram person. So for me, a lot of years, I just kind of felt like, uh, the whole, you know, going back to that question that I just answered, you know, the whole goal was remain pure, remain sinless, remain perfect, you know, like, please God, please God, please God. And as I get older and my relationship with God matures, I realize that pleasing God isn't only about my performance. It's also about just being free to be who I am and yeah. have a real relationship with him. And the one thing I've learned about him over any other thing is that he values realness and genuineness and cares about me and how I really feel even more than whether I am being the perfect pastor or the perfect Christian or the perfect wife. You know, he cares about me and how I'm feeling. And as I continue to have this relationship with him where I'm just being real and I have the right to sometimes fall apart and I have the right to sometimes not feel well and I have the right to sometimes just not measure up, um, I realized that God is so much, he's so multidimensional, whereas mm -hmm. my younger self made him very one-dimensional, you know. He's looking for me to stay in line. 
And that's just not the relationship that I have with God anymore. I have a very much more genuine, compassionate, compassionate him towards me because God doesn't need our compassion. He doesn't need me to be compassionate towards him. But now I just realized that he's compassionate towards me when I am going through sadness, when I am going through sickness, you know, even this past week or even right now, as I speak, you know, I'm, I'm struggling, um, to breathe and in my lungs and, and this might not be my most perfect podcast or this past week it was not my most productive week you know I, Ashley knows because Ashley would text me are you better yet and I'll be like not working today dying <laughs> be right back you know but you know I'm in a place now in my relationship with God where I realize I don't have to be productive for him to love me that week mm-hmm. or for my life to matter that week yeah. um, I'm loved just because of who I am and that's so much better yeah, I actually heard, um, I'm not sure if it was in a preaching or in another podcast, that it talks about going into the Word and not looking more, not going into the Word to get something for yourself, but get it, go into the Word with, like, the mission of wanting to know who God is. And that's something that even, like, when I read this question, I was like, that is so true. Like, it's sometimes we think that what we go through shows us our character, shows us what who God wants to, like, you know, make us into. But sometimes it shows us a little bit of God's character. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that's, like, you know, you've been through infertility, the loss of, a, you know, a parent and stuff like that. So even the fact that instead of, you know, being a lot of people would have been upset at God or said, you know, God is, you know, bad or something like that, you know, you, you, you know, it taught you that he could, you know, he's merciful, he's compassionate, that there's, like, it's more of a variety that you've seen, like, the multiple faces of God rather than just, like you said, a one-dimensional God, which is really cool. Like, it's, it just blows my mind every single time, so. Yeah, I think that as you mature, it should constantly be morphing into more and more, exactly what you said, we're not seeing so much about me, I'm mm-hmm. seeing more about God. Yeah. I think that immature relationship with God is very you-centered, you know, like you're kind of mm-hmm. going in and like, how can I be better? How can I measure up? How can I? And it's so performance based. But mature relationship with God is exactly that. It's going in and saying, okay, this is not so much about me. What small part do I play in God's story? Yeah. Even my story, even the story of my life is really not about me. Mm-hmm. If I look at it through the proper perspective, even the story of my life is a story of God through me, you know? So then, yeah, you start seeing things differently and you're like, okay, infertility was not a punishment that God was pouring out over me because I did something wrong, which there was mm-hmm. a time that I did ask that, you know, in yeah. my immaturity and in, in my not being all the way where I needed to be in my relationship with God, which I'm still not, I'm still developing that. But in my immaturity, there were times that I did ask God that, like, is this me? Am I the problem? Am, am I the drama? <laughs> you know, and, and what's wrong with me? And then you start looking at it through a different perspective and you start saying, no, this is God unfolding his love towards me this is God teaching me things about who he is to me this is God giving me something in a process in a way that I can handle it and that's so different yeah so the next question is tell us about the most inspirational thing you have experienced so this could be a bible verse artwork a book a person the most inspirational thing I have experienced um honestly I think seeing God work in my life has been the biggest inspiration and my prayer and my honest hope for anybody watching this is that you really do get to experience a genuine relationship with God because nothing is as inspirational as that like I love the word of God my entire 
uh, life is is based around teaching the word of God and people knowing the word of God. So I love God's word. It is very inspirational. I love worship music. It is very inspirational. I love, you know, I, I also am a person who loves art and, you know, all, you know, all those things really do inspire me, but nothing will inspire you like seeing God work in your life, like seeing God answer a prayer in your life. But in order to get to that place, it takes work. It takes, it's almost like you are developing a piece of art with yeah. God, you know, like you have to be able to stay there when it's hard and continue praying. You have to be able to sit there in the sad moments and let it be sad and let God teach you something and let God lead you through it. But if you do that, it really will pay off and you will forever be able to look back at that moment in your life and say, I saw God do it. So to answer the question more specifically, the most inspirational thing I've ever seen is God heal me of infertility. Um, God heal me of depression when my mom passed away. God, you know, even this past week, you know, walking through a, a sickness that it may not be, you know, a deadly sickness or a life or death sickness, but man, it hurt going through it and it felt horrible being being down there and, and having, you know, th this infection and not being able to eat and not being able to get up and like all of that, but being able to look back on the other side and say, but God was there with me. He uplifted me. He upheld me with his right hand, like it says in the Psalms. Um, nothing will inspire you like living that on a on a loop. Yeah. Because there, there's different journeys and there's different things. You know, today it's sickness. Tomorrow it's infertility. The next day it's something else. But at the end of the day, the, the base is always the same. And it's that God will get you through. All right. So how do I evangelize at work and school without it feeling weird? Um, we recently had someone come preach at our church, a, a good friend of ours, so shout out to Sammy Rodriguez if you're watching, but he said something that I love so much because I, I really do believe that it's the truth and it's something that I think the Lord is revealing to more and more people um, re in the recent years, and that is that Jesus didn't walk around preaching salvation. Jesus didn't walk around, you know, saying, hey, have you said the salvation prayer today? Like, I, I think that if Jesus worked today in a, in a regular, and we know that Jesus had a, had a regular job, right? He was a carpenter. So when people came in, the Bible doesn't tell us anything about him, you know, putting his hand on their shoulder and saying, say this prayer with me and everything will, you know, everything will change in your life. Mm -hmm. Because we're not here to call people to a salvation prayer. We're here to show people how to establish the kingdom of God in their lives. And Amen. the first step of that is living it in your own life. Mm -hmm. So how do you preach to others? How do you tell others about Christ? First of all, before you preach to them and before you tell them, show them, live it. Yeah. Be a person that has patience. You know how rare that is in life? Be a person that is kind. Be a person that doesn't gossip. Be a person that doesn't lie. When your boss is walking around asking everybody a question that everybody else wants to lie to, do the right thing and don't lie. That's going to get people's attention, and that is going to make people want to go to you. The Bible said that people would follow Jesus around. They would literally follow Jesus around because they wanted to see the things he was going to do. Now, with this, I'm not saying necessarily don't talk about Christ. You know, like just live your life. And if nobody asks you, nobody asks you. I'm not saying that. I think that when you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, he'll also give you the wisdom to know when is a good opportunity to say something. He'll give you the words to say. There were times mm -hmm. when Jesus did. You know, he saw a woman getting water at a well and he went up to her and said, hey, where's your husband? Like, that's not even good manners, you know, uh, <laughs> but 
He was empowered by the Holy Spirit to do so. But more than anything, what we see Jesus doing is walking around living the kingdom, walking around living as a citizen of the kingdom of God. He didn't live as someone in this world. And I think where we have it backwards is that we want to live as citizens of this world. We want to act just like our coworkers, be just like our coworkers. If they have beef with us, we have beef with them. If they mm-hmm. give us attitude, we give them attitude. Yeah. We're all lying. We're all, you know, cheating on our timesheets. We're all doing the same thing. But mm-hmm. then we want to talk as though we're something else. Mm-hmm. When you're, you see your coworker crying and you go up to them and you're like, hey, you know, have you prayed about it? They're looking at you like you're crazy because you're not backing up your lifestyle like you're not backing up what you speak with your lifestyle so my basic answer to that question is that be a citizen of the kingdom live like jesus and people the way they did to jesus where they asked hey what do you have why are you so peaceful why do you live that way is gonna do is gonna open up a lot of doors for you to then be able to say wait let me explain to you this this and that and um another thing i'll throw in there also is don't try to correct people's sin just off rip nobody Mm. wants that you know don't go up to people because i have seen people where their method of evangelism is that also you know like you go up to ashley and be like ashley so you're living with your boyfriend let's talk about that do you know that that's called fornication nobody wants to talk about their sexual life with you you know like close the door right in your face (laughs) no or like you know people are always asking me how do i talk to you know a friend that's gay and let them know that being gay is wrong and i'm like well do you want your friend to come up to you and tell you that lying is wrong like no like just don't mm-hmm. talk to people about their sex lives. Like you don't need to, that doesn't need to be what opens the door. Mm-hmm. Show them love, show them mercy, show them, you know, the spirit and the kingdom of God. And through showing them that sometimes questions will come up and opportunities will arise where you can also speak to them about deeper issues, but nobody meets somebody and through condemnation develops a relationship. So yeah. don't introduce Christ to people through condemnation. And don't introduce Christ to, pe- to people through talking that's not backed up with the way you live. All right, y'all. Well, that concludes our part one of questions and answers. Make sure to tune in next week for part two of questions and answers with Ashley. <laughs> or Ashley with me. One mm-hmm. of those two. We'll see Someone like that. Week. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>